It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks and happy Friday. And it is Good Friday, one of the holiest days of the year. And so wishing you a... uh, uh, a, a good day, and of course, happy Easter on Easter morning. Uh, so, a big, big show planned for you today. As you know, we try to get two hours of uh, information into one hour, so we are going to jump in here. Uh, offering you a conservatarian perspective, be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my uh, email newsletter so that you know what's going on, upcoming guests, topics, important events. Speaking of important events, uh, we are organizing a rally May 10th, Stand for Colorado, bringing people of all political stripes together that are concerned about what is going on down at the State House. So go to StandForColorado.com to get all the information, and you can sign up there as well. So as I mentioned, a big show today. We're going to go through some headlines. Uh, our guest in the second segment is Julie Andra and Karen Murray. These are two women that are doing something. They are uh, organizing a recall polis movement, and so it'll be very interesting to chat with them about that. And I have in studio with me a friend, and Rick Turnquest, he is my guest Ameridude. Welcome for being here today, Rick. <laughs> well, thanks, Kim. It's an honor to be here with you today, and you could have called me an honorary Americhick. That would have been fine. That would have been okay? <laughs> I didn't know just what you were, yeah. how you were identifying this morning. Right, you know? well, yeah, that, that's always a thing, but... <laughs> yeah, so it's good to have you here. We're going to be talking, you did a really interesting paper on the progressive advantage. You took, you went through and did a, a, an analysis of what happened in this last uh, ele- election cycle, and it is fascinating. Well, thanks. You know, it was, uh, since I've been following Colorado politics closely over the last uh, six years or so, I've noticed, uh, you know, over time that there's a just a universe of progressive organizations out there that they all fulfill different purposes, but they all work together to accomplish the same goal, which is to advance the progressive agenda. And if anybody has any doubts about that, all you have to do is look at the uh, Results of the last election and and uh, you know what's been going on in the state house since since um, January and I can't tell you, you know uh, May third just can't come soon enough. And that is when the session is over. So they're they're taking advantage of every day they possibly can, right? That's exactly right. In fact, uh, I saw a blog post this morning from a. Uh, Colorado Peak Politics, which said uh, normally the uh, Capitol is closed. You know, the General mm-hmm. Assembly is not in session on Good Friday, but uh, the, the Senate Democrats at least are going to be uh, open for business today. So neither bomb cyclones nor Good Friday can stop the uh, tyranny that's happening in the State House. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, fasten your seatbelts. The next two weeks are going to be really, really interesting. And that is why we are, are organizing the Stand for Colorado for May 10th. At that particular point in time, we will know everything that has happened. This group is going to have another legislative session next year. They're going to be working on all their policies and things they're going to be pushing forward over the summer. So we want to take a stand and let them know that we're watching. We care. We're concerned. And uh, so go to StandForColorado.com for more information on that. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Oh, our inspiration. You know, it's hockey season. So I thought 
for inspiration today, the great hockey player Wayne Gretzky. He said, Rick, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. (laughs) Okay, and uh, we have a few jokes today, Steve. Are you ready? You abuse that word. Do you know that? <laughs> okay. And I before we, I don't know if I should, I love to say uh, thank you to you, to Zach, to Patty, and to Keith. Depending on your reaction to my jokes, though, I may take that thank you back. Okay. Okay. All right. okay are you ready? Okay, Steve. What are 400 rabbits hopping backwards? Do tell. A receding hairline. Okay, number two. What do you call two bunnies racing down the road? The fast and furriest. And why did, or where did the Easter bunny learn to ski? You should know this one. Where did the Easter bunny learn to ski? Got to be the bunny hill. You got it. Actually, Eric Holder probably would have liked that middle one. Oh yeah. Take a look at That's that. That's right. That's right because he was uh he was in charge when they put in Fast and Furious which was the gun running thing to the the Mexican drug cartels. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can always bring everything back to something Steve. So okay, let's jump into headlines here how are we doing on time. Okay. On the state side. Uh, you know, uh actually tomorrow is the I think the 20th anniversary of Columbine. And uh, there's an excellent article out there by Evan uh, that quotes Evan Todd. Uh, he's a survivor, and he said that he believes that teachers with guns, you know, trained teachers, uh, and for example, you know, you know Laura Carno, who's doing this faster program. Yes, indeed, I've been through the program. Oh, you have? Okay, because in the article, there were people that were saying, you know, we train police officers and all this training that it would be not a good idea to have. Uh, you know, uh, school staff and teachers carry. Evan Todd says that, in fact, that that would be a great idea. You've been through faster. So what do you think, Rick? Well, I think, um, you know, evidence tells us that gun that calling a place a gun-free zone just doesn't work. It, it, you know, criminals are not going to obey some artificial distinction. So the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. And teachers are already willing to put their mm-hmm. bodies between bullets and your kids. So why not allow them to have a fighting chance to, to come out of it alive? Seems to make sense. And this FASTER program, this is intensive training, from what I understand. And you have to do really, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really well uh, to actually pass that. Yes. In fact, uh, it's a three-day training course. Uh, some of it's classroom work, but uh, you know most of it's uh, spent on the on the firing range. And it's def- it's taught by you know active duty police, uh, uh, firearms instructors, and SWAT uh, SWAT people. And it's a very intensive course. And you you know you can't pass it unless you know what you're doing. And you know they teach combat training, uh, night shooting, uh, you know just basic you know not some advanced handgun skills I would say. And uh, you know you have to the Police uh, officers in Colorado have to pass a qualification of 25 rounds. In faster, you have to pass 25 plus 2, so we call it 27. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, you know, not easy. And, uh, you know, I wrote a blog about the whole experience. It's on my website at twoadvancedfreedom.com. Okay. It's titled Faster uh, Series Part Parts 1 through 4, and it was also republished in Ammo Land. Okay, well, excellent. And uh, I, I, I happen to agree. I think, uh, and your point is so important that, we have teachers out there, we've seen it uh, at the Parkland shooting, I mean across the spectrum, that they have put themselves 
between the the killers and the students. And so why not give them a fighting chance? Uh, totally agree on that. So number two on the headline, John Caldera over at the Independence Institute has a piece out about how the Colorado legislature has snatched our Trump tax cut. Uh, you'll be sure and want to take a look at that at Complete Colorado. Uh, in the th- uh, second segment, this was one of our headlines, uh, but Julie Andra and Karen Murray are the two women or two of the women that are organizing this uh, recall polis event. And they're, I mean, you read the piece about this and, and they are, they are stepping up. So it'll be a great conversation in the second segment. Uh, the oil and gas repeal of uh, 181 has hit a snag in the title board. But, uh, uh, you know, in Colorado, Rick, uh, if you put a ballot measure on the ballot, it's supposed to be one subject. Apparently, they had also had some reference to Tabor and the titling board said that that's two subjects. So they're going back to the drawing board to figure that out. And then the DIA terminal renovation is at least 18 months behind schedule. Apparently, they have some concrete issues out there. So I guess, hmm. So uh, on the national side, uh, we'll we'll do a soundbite on this, on the Mueller investigation. And I think that, uh, let's just say here, Ocasio-Cortez says cutting military aid to Israel is on the table. And she slams Netanyahu as a Trump-like figure. Uh, Let's see here the press release from the White House. The USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, is estimated to support 76,000 additional American auto jobs, billions of dollars in new auto manufacturing investments. And then this is interesting. We need to check this out some more that Chase Bank, it says, is joining social media giants in shutting down prominent non-leftists. So that is a little concerning as well. But let's jump in here, Steve. Yesterday, the Mueller report came out. Or, or, um, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's what, that's what happened. The Mueller report came out, and uh, Attorney uh, General Justice Barr, <laughs> I'm having a morning here. Attorney General Barr had some comments. Let's go to that soundbite. As you will see, the special counsel's report states that his, quote, investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. I am sure that all Americans share my concern about the efforts of the Russian government to interfere in our presidential election. As the special counsel report makes clear, the Russian government sought to interfere in our election process. But thanks to the special counsel's thorough investigation, we now know that the Russian operatives who perpetrated these schemes did not have the cooperation of President Trump or the Trump campaign, or the knowing assistance of any other American for that matter. That is something that all Americans can and should be grateful to have confirmed. Okay, Steve, 22, 24 months, $25 million later, and this is what we have. I wonder when Mueller knew there was at some point in time where he knew that there was no collusion and let that narrative have legs and run with it. What do you think? I, you know, you asked me this earlier and I said, what, what if he knew before he even started? You know, I, I think that's the case. And the other thing is, is Mueller. And I keep going back to this. Remember when we had Cheryl Atkinson on? You know, she's the CBS investigative reporter. She was all over Fast and Furious, all over Benghazi. Yes. And uh, she was being spied on by the Department of Justice. And uh, this is, I, I asked her this question because somebody had told me this, 
that uh, she was sitting at her computer one night, and all of a sudden the cursor started moving without her fingers being on that. And I remember saying to her, weren't you afraid? Weren't you scared? And I think her response was, it made me mad. So then my next question, as I've now named them the three horsemen, that is James Comey with the FBI, uh, James Clapper with uh, the Na- uh, let's see, National Intelligence, and then um, John Brennan with the CIA. These guys were all in, you talk about collusion. Those three were in collusion. But anyway, I asked her, so was this under the Comey Department um, or FBI where you were being spied upon? And she said, uh, no, actually, it was the previous FBI director. And that was, guess who? Robert Mueller. I mean, can you believe? Can you believe this? Strange bedfellows. Very strange bedfellows. So yesterday, uh, the news was out that, in fact... Uh, There was no uh, collusion by the Trump campaign. I would like to have us move on. I would like uh, Congress to get get in uh, in gear here and do what they need to do. And that's governed. But you can see the Democrats are not going to let that happen. But we're going to go to break Uh, when we when we come back. We will be talking with two women who are organizing a a recall of Governor Polis. But before we do this, uh, Steve, this could be it. Rick. The Avs lead the Calgary Flames 3-1 in their playoff series. And if the Avs win tonight, they move on in their quest for the Stanley Cup. Go Avs! Go Avs. And this story is so amazing. Most of you, or many of you may not know this, but per Yahoo News, the 20-year-old University of Massachusetts sophomore, uh, Kale McCarr, I think it is, earned the Hobie Baker Award on Friday as the best player in college hockey. But he couldn't rest on his laurels. The Minutemen were in their first ever Frozen Four and reached the NCAA championship game Saturday, failing to Minnesota Duluth 3-0. But McCarr couldn't dwell on the pass. The Colorado Avalanche, who had drafted the star defenseman fourth overall in 2017, signed McCarr to a three-year contract Sunday and put him in the lineup Monday night for Game 3 of their Stanley Cup playoffs uh, with the Calgary Flames. And in the first period, I mean, is this not an American story? In the first period at the Pepsi Center, the car delivered. His goal made him the first defenseman in NHL history to make his league debut in the playoffs and score a goal. He's just the seventh player ever to accomplish the feat, joining an impressive list of players. Look out, Wayne Gretzky. I think it's awesome. So, okay, the Rockies handed it to the Phillies 6-2 yesterday in the first of a four-game homestand. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. Hooters is a place to watch all the games. Wednesday is wing day. All the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine. Try their new smoked wings. They are delectable and only half the calories. And Hooters wings can fly. You can have Hooters wings delivered right to your front door. When the girls come over on Wednesday nights, that's what we do. The girls love them. So order your Hooters wings to go. Have them delivered right to your front door. Or go to Hooters and watch the game. That could be so much fun. So visit HootersColorado.com for more information. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. This is Kim Munson. We will be right back with our Ameridude guest host, that is Rick Turnquest, and we'll be talking with um, Julie Andra as well as Karen Murray regarding their recall polis movement. We'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. 
Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson, so call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my uh, website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, and offering you a conservatarian perspective. Would appreciate it if you would like and follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, and Keith for keeping this train on the track. Greatly appreciate that. Today is Good Friday, and I am going to be doing something very special tonight. A friend of mine, World War II veteran Ralph Whitlock, as many of you know, I also do a, a show, a World War II project, and I've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans and Rick, I'll tell you, it's changing my life talking to these guys. I'm sure it is, yeah. You know, when I start whining to myself that I have to get up early and come over to the station, it's like, buck up here, honey. You know what? This is nothing. We've, we've got a country that we're fighting for right now, and those guys put it all on the line. They really did. And, and you know, hearing their stories is so amazing. And some of the things they went through are just beyond comprehension for our modern coddled society of people. A- absolutely. So tonight, Ralph Whitlock, he was, you know, these guys were in their... You know, 17, 18, 19 years old. They're now in their 90s. And he has a beautiful voice. Uh, he did a rendition when I interviewed him of Amazing, or I think it was God Bless America, that, you know, just, just gave me chills. So tonight, though, he is going to be performing the Via Dolorosa at uh, one of the churches here. I'm going to go out to that. If you uh, are interested in more information on that, uh, email me at americhicks.com forward slash Kim, and I'll let you know where that church service is. Because Ralph Whitlock, World War II veteran, is going to be singing the Via Dolorosa, and it is going to be powerful. And then uh, before we jump in here, I, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that um, James Takata has been doing some amazing work in putting together a website with all of the events where people can go sign all these recall petitions, uh, because it is a high bar on what has to happen to get these signatures for these petitions. And so if you are interested for the weekend's events, let's see, go to coloradanvote.org. That's coloradanvote.org. There's a whole bunch of events there. And if you want to get your event on there, 
just email them at info at coloradonsvote.org. That's info at coloradonsvote.org. And he will make sure that he gets that on there for you, which that is such an excellent segue into the, the two guests that we have on the line with us. And that is Julie Andra as well as Karen Murray, uh, that they are organizing a movement to recall uh, Governor Polis. Julie and Karen, welcome. Julie, we're, we're going to jump in with you first. Uh, because there was okay, a good morning. Good morning. There was an article just recent, I guess yesterday, maybe regarding uh, that uh, it's a pretty high bar to hit. Uh, but let's ask you, first of all, why? Why are you doing this? Well, I mean, I think if we don't do it, who will do it? And it has to be done. We've got a, a very uh, guy who wants to put in a lot of radical agendas that is, that really trample any rights that you may think you have. Um so it, it's very, very important that we get him out. Um, and I guess that's where to start because there's just so, so many things that he's already done that he's already passed through that are just very, very damaging to your constitutional rights, to your Colorado constitutional rights, to your general natural-born rights. Have you been um, politically active much before this? I've actually, no. This is my first stab at, at politics. I, oh I really just kind of woke up around 2012 when Ron Paul was running for a uh, president wow okay uh, go ahead i was gonna say so uh, yeah so that's kind of the first my waking point i was a lifelong democrat before then well and i just i i was saying to rick i'm not doing a great job on pronunciations today how do you pronounce your last name Okay, great. And then let's jump over here with you, Karen Murray. You're also involved in this recall polis movement. What brought you to the table on this, Karen? Well, Kim, thanks for having us this morning. Um, I actually stumbled across the the Facebook page by accident. Um, I'm not sure how I got there, if somebody invited me or if I don't even know what happened on March 9th, but I came across this page. And, uh, and I started kind of answering some questions because I know a little bit. This is not my, my first dive into the, into the political process and government and that kind of thing. And so um, I found it very fascinating how, the, how quickly the numbers were growing. And, and I was engaging with people on the page. And I was asked by the page admin, uh, by Shane Donnelly, the gentleman who founded the group, um, if I would like to become a moderator and from that point, I was in getting in on calls, and then <laughs> I was like, sure, I'll help, you know, and, and here I am today. So. <laughs> yeah, and that was just March 9th. It's amazing what happens in a month. So, hey, Julie, my understanding is, is you've got a bunch of followers on your Facebook page. Oh, well, that's actually Shane's page, and, and I kind of got into it just like Karen, where, you know, you just you just were asked to invite it in, and then suddenly here we are. Um but, yeah, we have about 37,000, I think a little over, right, Karen? Yes. Wow. That... But mind you, March 9th, that number was about 2,000. Wow. Okay, so this is a tall order, though. From what I understand, I mean, this is really a David and Goliath kind of a fight. Uh, so, Karen, what's the strategy? Uh, because to get the signatures that you need to get this on the ballot, I mean, that's a pretty tall order. It is, and our, our attorney has advised us to overshoot this number that we need of 631,266 um, to overshoot that number by 30%. So, you know, doing any kind of math, we're, we're right around uh, 800,000 votes or signatures. So 
it's uh, yeah, it is a tall order. But you know what, Kim? We have literally hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that are committed to this around the state, and um, you know they have they have committed to um, you know I, the way that I'm the the analogy that I'm using right now is that we're kind of idling our engines right now. We're we're in the mobilization phases. We're in the building phases right now. We're building our numbers on Facebook. We're, we introduced our website just a few days ago. Um, we're collecting contributions. We're, you know, we're kind of just chill, and we're, we're trying to meet people and greet people and do all those things. And then as we approach the time where this is going to be, you know, the, the petition's going to be filed for and that kind of thing, you know, the engine's going to be revving a little bit. And by the time we get those petitions in our hands and printed and ready for circulation, the tires are going to be smoking because we're on a 60-day clock at that point. Okay. Now, quickly, uh, Julie, explain this to me. I thought that people were signing that petition right now. What is it that people are signing right now? A lot of people are signing the national popular vote petition right now. Oh, that's right. Um, Okay. I'm with you. Okay. So you do not have your petitions out yet. So you are just in preparation mode. And then, Karen, as you just said, uh, you, you're you collecting all this information, and then it'll be pedal to the metal because you have 60 days then. You're telling me you have 60 days to get signatures for almost 900,000 people here in Colorado. Is that? Am I hearing you correctly? You're hearing yeah. us correctly. Rick, you talk about two women that... <laughs> Ladies, uh, I guess I need to let you go because you have lots to do, don't you? <laughs> so if people want more information, Julie, where do they go? We go, go to the website, officialrecallpolis.com. Um, that's going to give you a wealth of information, and we're updating it every day with any new events in, in the areas across Colorado, um, as well as you know when those signings will take place and where they will take place. Um, and actually, you know, we have to uh, apply for the petition on July 8th. And if it gets denied, our our window gets shorter. So um, we really don't necessarily have a full 50 days. So we really just have to, have to have everyone on board, ready to go when that when the paper's ready to sign. And, and one other thing, I think people are a little confused, Karen, if you could uh, uh, address this. I think people are a little confused because I think there's, is there something else out there also regarding a, a Polis recall? Uh, there is, and we're really not at liberty to say a whole bunch about it. Um, we are only at liberty or to tell you that we are who we are and that we will be the ones filing the petition. Okay. So uh, any, anything else that you see out there, uh, we have on Facebook, we have a state page, and we have 64 county pages, all bearing this, a similar name of all in caps, recall polis dash Douglas County, for example. So those are all our pages, all 64 of those. And then we have a Friends of Recall Polis that are for out-of-state people. And then we have our state page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash the people of Colorado. So that's how you can find. So all 66 of those pages are ours. Okay. Anything else you see does not belong to us. Okay, Rick, you had a question? Yeah, um, can you tell us what your uh, website is so people can avoid confusion when they're looking for you? The website is www.officialrecallpolis.com. 
Awesome. Thank okay. you. Okay. And uh, ladies, thank you. So uh, this, I've learned a lot on this. So <clears throat> basically what I see is you guys are, uh, you're the pilots of, of a jet. The passengers are on there. You're revving the engines, you know, and you know how the plane's kind of moving forward, you know, uh, you know, pushing against the brakes on that. And so you want everybody on board. So when you uh, take the brakes off that you are ready to take off, right? Absolutely. Yes, Okay, so again, that is www.officialrecallpolis.com for more information. Uh, so, Juliandra and Karen Murray, thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. And, and keep us informed on what's going on with that. I know that people are really interested about that. Thank you thanks for having, having us. And, um, okay, thanks so much. And we're going to go to Jason McBride here in just a minute. I know that the, the phone lines have been jammed up just a little bit, so Jason McBride will be calling in here in just a moment. But, uh, I, Rick, I mean, 900,000. I mean, isn't there only like five and a half million people in Colorado? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty high number that they're going to have to reach. But um, I think the important thing is to is to tell Governor Polis and the and the progressive infrastructure and the establishment in Colorado that uh, we're not going to take their their terrible bills uh, without a fight. Well, and that's another reason why we're doing Stand for Colorado. You know, there you know typically uh, you know people that are just living their lives, they're working on their jobs, taking their families. They don't have time nor the desire to go down to the Capitol. To, to do a rally, and it's very difficult to go down, you know, at noon on Wednesday. So that's why we are planning this uh, a week after the session is over. We're going to know all the bad stuff that is through there. That is also the same day that Governor Polis will be giving his State of the State address. Uh, and so we thought that would be a good day to do that. And uh, so join us. Uh, I know people say, oh, you know, rush hour traffic, you're going to start at 4. And it's like, you know... I've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans, and let's do a little planning and not worry about a rush hour traffic and get down there and take a stand for Colorado. And that's a great point because the fact of the matter is, you know, when the leftists have their rallies at the Capitol, you know, people show up. It may not be hundreds like some claim, but it's usually a fair number. And our side needs to, to start doing the same. We need to show, you know, that we're out there, that we're paying attention, and we're not going to, you know, fade quietly into the night. That's for sure. So that's going to be on May 10th down at the Capitol. There will be concurrent ones, one on the steps of the uh, old courthouse in Grand Junction and then at uh, IOOF Park in Gunnison as well. But I want to get to you as, you know, we're going to go to break here in just a minute, but I, I got to just ask Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. You know, we had the Mueller report yesterday and I wonder what the markets did. So Jason McBride, how you doing this morning? I am more awake this morning than I have been for months. Because why? Well, I started reading the Mueller report yesterday, and there was so little in there that was new, and it was so boring that it put me to sleep, <laughs> and, and I've been sleeping ever since. So you got a good night's sleep. Is that what you're saying, because it was so boring? I did. You know, I'm convinced that most of the media and most of the Democrats have had this report for there was nothing new in there nothing well and i asked steve this jason but you know this was 22 24 months 25 right. million dollars i think we need to ask when did Mueller know what he what he knew you know when did he well, find out well there's been talk that he knew very well and was done with this before the midterm elections and held it i guess that'll be a speculation or conspiracy theory for a while but 
Uh, yeah, it's hard to read 400 pages, and then uh, I couldn't find anything really groundbreaking or new in there. All we got was excruciating detail on all the stuff that, that was already out there. The only shocking revelations were that uh, Trump said a cuss word. I mean, that <laughs> well, almost floored not surprising. me. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. And he asked his aides if they could find Hillary's missing emails. Uh, oh, that, that was a tremendous shock. If I was the president, I'd be asking somebody to try to find those, too. Yeah, absolutely. What did the markets, what do you think the markets are, are going to be doing today? Oh, I guess the markets are closed today for Good Friday, aren't they? Yeah, they are closed. Uh, you know, as far as the market's reaction to all of this, I would describe the distance between the current levels of the market and uh, the highs of the market as the same way I describe the collective intelligence of the liberal media, and that would be very, very small. Ouch. Oh, Jason McBride. So, hey, if you would like to have more conversations with Jason McBride one-on-one and have him take a look at your nest egg, because I know you'd be happy to, to do that with folks, uh, they can reach you via our, we have a landing page, chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Has our picture on there, Jason. You look great. Oh, you look better. <laughs> oh, that was a setup, wasn't it, Rick? Okay. So, Jason, in the phone number over there, although you guys are not in the office today because it is Good Friday and the markets are closed, but that phone number is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And then also on that landing page, you do a weekly uh, blog um, uh, podcast. podcast. Yeah, and so that's on there as well. You, you always have a lot of great information there also. Yes, uh, there's about, I think we have 23, 24 episodes on there now, so uh, good info there. Got a lot of good info on the whole side, I think, so thanks for uh, pointing that out, Kim. Well, for sure, and wishing you and your family a very happy Easter, Jason McBride. We'll talk to you on Monday. You as well, Kim. Thank you. Okay, thanks. We're going to go to break. I can't wait. It's like, you know, we were talking with the girls about uh, having the brakes on and getting in into uh, the, the recall there. I want to get into this conversation with this piece that you did regarding the progressive advantage because it really makes a lot of sense. I'm talking with Rick Turnquist. He is a blogger. His uh, blog is to advancefreedom.com, and we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Uh, welcome back to the Americans with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. So be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails at americhicks.com forward slash Kim. 
We will keep you apprised of the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And like me on Facebook and Twitter and offering a conservatarian perspective. We're going to jump in here with my guest, Amira Dude. That is Rick Turnquest, a good friend. Hi, good morning, Kim. Thanks so much for having me on on your show today. This is actually a lot of fun co-hosting with you. Well, absolutely. It's great to have you here. And uh, you've written a very important piece called The Progressive Advantage. Mm-hmm. And this is on your um, your website. Uh, let's see. That is to advancefreedom.com. And it's um, you really took a look at what happened this last election cycle here in Colorado. Yeah, so um, I've been following Colorado politics quite closely for several years now since the 2013 uh, legislative session, which was the last time Democrats had one-party control and watched some of the terrible bills that went through that year, um, none of which have, have proven to uh, do what they were supposed to do. But over the years, I've, I've been watching and I've been uh, you know, active on the co-politics hashtag on Twitter. And uh, what, you know, that's really the mosh pit of what goes on in Colorado politics. Uh, Legislators, journalists, uh, activists of all stripes are active in there, you know, pretty much throughout the day. And if you ever want to know what's going on under the Capitol Dome, uh, that's the good place to go. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching and observing as I, I see these groups that are that are all out there and they're all working together to achieve the progressive agenda. And it, I put together a presentation for a meeting of activists that I attended uh, last November after the election. And uh, because we ran out of time, I didn't get a chance to present it. And I kind of just left it, you know, sitting on my desk for, for a few months. And then I dusted it off and decided to publish it as a blog post. But And it's gotten a lot of reaction. I've been on the radio a couple times already right, to talk about it. So, um, you know, basically I'm going to read a little bit uh, here to kind of put it in, put it in place. We conservative libertarians do not have a permanent campaign infrastructure in place. Yes, we have the Independence Institute, the leadership program of the Rockies, of which Kim and I are both alum, uh, the Centennial Institute, and Americans for Prosperity. But the Democrats have an entire universe of organizations that fulfill various functions yet work together to ensure that the progressive agenda advances no matter what. Electorally speaking, it's like a dogfight between Sopwith Camels and F-15s. It's just not a fair fight. Uh, The progressive infrastructure includes organizations, many of them are 501c3s and c4s, to perform the following functions. Fundraising and moving dark money, though they pretend to be against dark money. Uh, Rabble-rousing, silencing the opposition, and boots-on-the-ground activism. Think tanks to provide intellectual support and move the Overton window. Organizations to recruit and train progressive candidates for office. Organizations to register voters and get out the vote, including ballot harvesting. Organizations to promote their various policy goals with regard to taxation, the environment, social programs, income redistribution, and the like. And then I have a PowerPoint in my blog post, and it's toadvancefreedom.com, toadvancefreedom.com, the progressive advantage. And in this PowerPoint, I, I... I list, oh, I don't know, a dozen or so of these uh, leftist organizations, and I'm not going to name them on the air because I don't want to give them the recognition, but, uh, you know, I identify what the organizations are in general, who, who's running them, if I know who's funding them, or I can speculate who's funding them, I do that, and I identify what function they fulfill in the progressive infrastructure. And then if there's an equivalent on the center right, I identify that. And for most of these, there, there's no equivalent on the center right. right. Well, you know, the other thing about this, uh, you, you're mentioning 501c3 or 3s and 4s. And what I've seen that there are a lot of these um, progressive, and people say don't call them progressive, it's regressive, but 
and it is because it's moving back to you know basically lords and and you know the bourgeois, if you will. Um, but they have figured out a way to be a nonprofit and get government grants, so other people's money that then they put forward their agenda. But yet you're seeing them over here influencing elections. And um, once again, that, that is uh, putting fuel in the, the fighter of the F-15. I mean, I mean, it's astounding how they have figured out how to use that. Well, and, and they've really mastered the, the art of, of money in politics. And, uh, you know, we see that through, uh, you know, program, or organizations like Planned Parenthood, which receives federal, federal A dollars. A half billion dollars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, teachers and unions, for example, mm-hmm. unions just funnel money, you know, take money from workers and funnel it through the union and, and give it to Democrat politicians. And, right. and, and so, so when we say we want to pay our teachers more, yeah, you know, in essence, if the union can get into forced, you know, having the union in a, a school district, forcing everybody to be part of that, then, you know, the taxpayer take, pays teachers more, they pay the union, and then the circle just continues. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually legal money laundering it is what it is. <laughs> oh and, uh, you know, it's interesting. There's a bill that's flying under the radar this session because there's just so many bad bills out there to fight. But there's a bill out there to uh, to allow collective bargaining for state government employees, which is essentially creating a state government employees union, which is, uh, you know, public sector unions. Even FDR was against right. public sector unions. And he was... This- he was the- was the brain, you know, the progressive movement was his brainchild almost. Well, not totally, I guess. I guess it was Woodrow Wilson and before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it started, you know, after the Civil War with uh, with the rise of the, I forget the name of the movement. But, um, you know, progressive movement's been around for over a century. And, and uh, you know, they're, I'll, I'll, well, I don't agree with their policy goals, I will give them kudos for being effective because they pretty much own our culture and they're pushing Colorado in a direction that uh, a significant number of Coloradans uh, don't don't approve of and don't want to be part of. You know, Rick, you know, I'm, I think I'll just put this out there and we'll come back to it. You know, every, you know, America has been very concerned with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the New Green Deal. And I've seen, um, you know, politicians on the right, people on the right, you know, mock her, you know, and, you know, be somewhat disparaging towards her. I think we need to take her very seriously. And uh, I think that she is a formidable opponent. I actually think that there are are people behind her kind of pulling the strings. But she's an effective face for them because she's young, so she appeals to young people. She's attractive. and, And she's very passionate about what she's doing. So we need to take her seriously. But while people are saying, oh, the new Green Deal, that's, a, you know, as I look at what's happening down at the Golden Dome, the new Green Deal is being implemented under our noses right here in Colorado. Well, and, you know, you make a good point about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or AOC, as everybody calls her. You know, she is, uh, you know, two years ago, nobody had ever heard of her. And now she's, uh, you know, the face of the Democratic Party. And she's, you know, you're, she's everything you said. You know, she's, uh, you know, she, She's attractive. She has a large following, and people, you know, listen to her and give her uh, a lot of weight to what she says. And I think we do need to take people like her seriously because they are because progressivism, in essence, boils down to emotion. It's not an it's not an intellectual movement. It's an emotional movement, and it it really it really you know it's because people 
because life is hard and and you know progressives want government to be their mommy and daddy their their confessor their best friend their teddy bear mm-hmm. you know instead of being the self-reliant people that built this country or the self-reliant people who fought and won world war ii and uh you know it's it's really uh unfortunate that that people want something that should exist that exist that should exist solely to protect life liberty and property that they want it to be so many more things and they're willing to do anything to, to make it happen. For example, this family bill that's in uh, the Senate right now, which would create an insurance program for everybody, every worker in the state would be would be paying a tax into this insurance program. But they call a it a premium. Well, they call it a premium because they have to evade Tabor. Right. Under Tabor, a tax, tax increase has to be uh, voted on by the people. But if they call it an enterprise and charge a premium, then they theoretically can avoid that requirement. And they know, you know, when Colorado votes on tax return or tax increases, they always uh, vote no. Typically, yeah, they vote no. We're going to, there's so much here. I think we're going to have to have you back because we are going to only have one more uh, segment on this. But Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, just so you know, basically it's about good manners. It's about consent. It is an amendment in the uh, Colorado Constitution that says to government, hey, if you want to raise our taxes, you just have to ask ask us first. And B... If after a generous formula of uh, population plus inflation, you want to keep that excess revenue, you just have to ask us first. And it's disingenuous when they do these runarounds. But this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. And I am talking with Rick Turnquest regarding this very important piece that he did, the progressive advantage. You can find it at toadvancedfreedom.com. We're going to go to break on our final segment with Rick Turnquest. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Come join the 88 Drive-In this weekend to celebrate our 43rd season. We're open Thursday through Sunday. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, this week's features will include Shazam, Isn't It Romantic, and Us. And remember our popular Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family and colleagues. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto FireGuard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. (laughs) 
Rick Turnquist, I never know what Charlie and Steve are going to have in the bumper music. That is, <laughs> that one caught me by surprise, Steve. Caught you by surprise, too, didn't it? <laughs> I like the alley cut earlier. I haven't heard that in eons. I haven't heard that in, in eons either. That is just great. So, And, you know, you don't laugh at my jokes, Steve. But I have to let you know, Rick said you have a great radio voice. So don't let it go to your head. Just so you know, my uncle used to say this all the time, I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> okay. okay, let's get serious here. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? We need to be having these conversations. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, offering you a conservatarian perspective. We're having a conversation with Rick Turnquist, he has gone in and he has really analyzed the progressive advantage, what happened to Colorado in this last election cycle. And it didn't just happen in one year. I mean, this has been a plan. They are playing long ball, Rick Turnquist. And that's exactly right. So in my blog post, I reference uh, a book called The Blueprint, which is uh, the full title of the book is The Blueprint, how the Democrats won Colorado and, and why Republicans everywhere should care. And this book was written by a, a former state representative and a reporter, a uh, couple of gentlemen named uh, Adam Schrager and Rob Whitwer. And it basically runs through the early 2000s when uh, the Gang of Four was formed and they, and they created a plan, a blueprint, if you will, mm-hmm. to turn Colorado blue. And they were very successful. And, and our current governor, Jared Polis, was one of the members of this gang of four. Um, the four people you know, named in that group are uh, Jared Polis, Pat Stryker, who's a, a billionaire that lives up in Fort Collins. The Stryker Medical uh, Devices. Stryker Medical. She's the heiress uh-huh. of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with her brother, who's also an heir, an, an heir of that fortune. Um, Gil Stryker, uh, Rutt Bridges, who's the father of current state senator uh, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Uh-huh. And then... Um, who am I missing? Tim Gill. Yeah, Tim Gill. And right. uh, of the Gill Foundation. So uh, the four of them, you know, along with uh, other people, uh, including uh, Alice Madden, um, Al Yates, um, mm-hmm. you know, some Ted Trimpa, uh, they they got together. They formed what was called the Colorado Democracy Alliance. Tim Salazar. They, uh, yeah, yeah. He was mm-hmm. involved. And Al Yates is, uh, was the former uh, president of CSU. CSU, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people think of uh, CU Boulder as, as this hugely liberal, progressive. CSU is actually, I think, more liberal. Yeah, I think CSU is, is quite a bit more. Um, and I know that because I paid two kids' tuitions through CSU. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I know several people who went there. But, you know, the, they, they formed this, this group and they, and they created this infrastructure. And, and every, every element of it is calculated to do one thing, and that's to advance the progressive agenda. They don't, they don't focus on policy things. They focus on winning elections. I think that's what you said, that nugget regarding uh, progress, progressives or progressivism is emotional. I think that was one of the nuggets that you had in that last segment. And I hadn't really thought about it like that. But it, you're absolutely, it's not policy. It's not really issues. It's emotion. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they, and they, and they base their appeal on emotion. Like if you look at their their bills, like let's take family for example. I've been I fought against it last year. I've been this fighting is that against family leave yes bill. the family and medical leave insurance bill SB one eighty eight. Um, 
you know, all the proponents, you know, bring up these people and they tell their, their stories and, and some of them are really heart wrenching him mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. The, and they're just terrible. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think everybody that lives on the planet today has a, has a hard luck story they can mm-hmm. tell. I know mm-hmm. I certainly do. Um, and uh, at no time, you know, when I was going through my difficult period, did I expect the government to take money from my fellow citizens and give it to me right. to, to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. It just didn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. And so their, their appeal is largely to emotion. And when you, when you challenge them with facts and reason, um, you know, their arguments fall apart. But people vote based on emotion. They don't, based on, they don't vote based on facts and reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you try to argue with facts and reason, you know... It's not effective, it just, is it? It just isn't effective. And so, you know, you, you, I think we conservative libertarians or conservatarians, mm-hmm. I like that, that, uh, that, that word, we need to work on, on how we can frame our arguments in such a way that appeals to people in their emotional center mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of their intellectual center. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so in the blueprint, they talk about how they formed all these groups and they and they you know they have very specific functions and i'll mention one because the bell policy center is you know kind of intellectual heavyweight behind a lot of the progressive legislation that's going through the capitol and last year they had actually written a white paper called uh, a guide to economic mobility and this this white paper was actually the source of several bills that were that were going through the legislature mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. and some of them were implemented, some of them weren't because we still had a Senate majority back mm-hmm. then. But mm-hmm. uh, and if we haven't seen them this session, we're probably going to see them next session. Yeah, that's quite likely. And you know, the the fact of the matter is, I think they're trying to get their extreme agenda through this session because next year is an election year, so they probably won't be quite as bad as they are this year. But this year has been a nightmare. You know, to recap, we have the oh, national popular I, vote. We have the red flag law. We have uh, uh, sex education. Sex education. Uh, uh, vaccinations was a big gas, one. Uh, uh, this, out oil and gas. Yep. yep. Um, the you list, know, and the list goes the on. List goes That's on. what we should have. <laughs> right. And then, so on my, on my blog, I link to the Rocky Mountain or uh, the, uh, the Blueprint. And then there's also a short movie called The Rocky Mountain Heist, which is uh, basically tells the same story. Um, but it's in a it's in a YouTube video, and so one of the one of the things that they have in as an advantage is is money, and last election cycle, um, Democrat candidates outraised Republican candidates by a huge margin, and um, you know as of September seventeenth, twenty eighteen, there was a graphic on the uh, Colorado Secretary of State website, and just for people who don't know, all political <clears throat> excuse me. All political committees and and, uh, candidates have to file with the Secretary of State and report the money received and the money paid out. And that's in a database uh, on a website called Tracer. So last September on Tracer, there's a graphic that said Democratic candidates, and this is for all offices in the state, had raised $27 million compared to, get this, Kim, Five and a half million dollars for Republican candidates. That's a five to one margin. And by the time Election Day rolled around, I didn't save the graphic, but my memory is that it was uh, it was an even worse advantage. And for the Colorado General Assembly, candidates for office raised over eleven million dollars altogether. And of that eleven million dollars, Eight million of it was raised by Democratic candidates. So I've got a new blog post coming out over the weekend called "The Progressive Advantage Part Two: Money," in which I uh, break down, you know, a look at these uh, campaign finances for um, 
the general assembly as a whole, but then also I look at the uh, at five House districts, including four that flipped to give mm-hmm. the Democrats a near supermajority in the House, as well as the Senate, where they flipped uh, mm-hmm. two seats to take a 19 to 16 majority. Well, fascinating. Rick Turnquest, we're going to have to have you back because we are just about out of time. Um, but one other thing, my when you look at the amount on the Dem versus Republican, Polls put in $24 million of his own money. And I'm not even counting that. This is just oh. candidates for the General Assembly. I'm not even oh. looking at governor. That's way more Oh my god! And I'll probably do that in a, at a later date. But this is just the General Assembly. So when is this uh, blog going to be out? I'll, I'll be publishing it uh, tomorrow, Saturday. Okay, and that will be on to advancefreedom.com, to advancefreedom.com. Rick Turnquest, thank you so much for being in studio. And this was your first in-studio debut. This, that's right. It was my first time in studio. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today, Kim. It's great having you here. So, Okay, uh, wishing you a very happy Easter. Our quote for today, hockey, you know, it's hockey playoffs. The great hockey player Bobby Orr, he says, You don't win by being good. You win with hard work and sacrifice. Without that, skill is just potential. That is Bobby Orr. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.